and the weeks ahead, Al Hunt of Bloomberg View, McKay Coppings of The Atlantic, Mark Leibovich of The New York Times Magazine, and Margaret Taleb of Bloomberg News. Margaret, the speech. Wow. This was certainly a different speech than the one that Barack Obama gave eight years ago, wasn't it? I mean, Less uh, aspirational, for sure. Uh, less aspirational, less unifying, uh, less specific in terms of the types of groups you would call out, both domestically and abroad. Um, President Obama's speech, this call to um, Muslims, Hindus, people around the world, mention of allies, a mention of enemies. Uh, President Trump's speech was entirely a U.S.-focused speech. You can say, certainly, that it was focused on his core, but beyond that, it just wasn't focused beyond the shores of the United States other than to suggest that uh, foreign interests, whether our allies or our enemies, are kind of all out to get us economically. It's very striking. I agree, but it also was quite different, Charlie, than the speech that Ronald Reagan gave in 1981. It lacked the optimism that Reagan had while he was delivering some of the same conservative messages. And it was different than the speech that George W. Bush gave in 2001 when he was, you know, he showed such grace uh, and civility towards Al Gore, who he had actually actually tied with, as opposed to lose the popular vote. So it was a very confrontational speech, as you said. He talked about American carnage. I think America's got lots of problems. I'm not quite sure there's a carnage uh, abroad in the land, but it, 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 was, it was a dark speech uh, in many ways. And I think it's one that certainly appealed to to his base. I don't have any question of that. His base, I think, is about 39% of the American people. I think governing with 39% is going to be a challenge. I, I would disagree with the notion that it wasn't an aspirational speech. I think through all the bleakness of the rhetoric, there actually was quite a bit he was promising, um, right. ending Islamic radical Islamic terrorism, um, ending the carnage, essentially. I mean, he is creating a rather high bar for himself through the you know, rather you know, bleak language he used. Also, it's worth noting that Obama has given him a long way to fall. I mean, he, Obama was elected twice, won the popular vote twice. He's leaving with very high approval ratings. Unemployment's around four. I mean, there actually is some, you know, once, once news actually starts happening, Donald Trump will own it, and I think a lot of people will come back to the somewhat aspirational, I can do this tone of today, and it might be something you'd have to account for. Hold him to that standard. Correct. I was struck by how little effort he made to reach out to the voters who didn't support him in this election. This is a president who lost the popular vote by three million votes. I remember talking to Republicans on the night of the election, and I remember a lot of them were excited that in that in his remarks, his victory speech, he did make a point of reaching out to the rest of the country. You didn't hear that in his speech today, and I guess I'm puzzled as to why. Uh, I think I think that everyone here is is kind of in agreement that this was a speech for his base. It sounded a lot of the same populist themes that he used on the campaign trail, but it was not a, a speech. It, it seemed for the whole country. I, I've come to the conclusion that while this might have been, in terms of all this populist message, uh, something that was started as a campaign strategy, he's come to believe these things. I mean, I think that as he spoke that, I mean, he constantly comes back to it. He's never left it. I think that's where he is in terms of what he thinks uh, the movement is and what he thinks he has to do. I think maybe. I mean, I think he has listened to his base very clearly. I think he is basically terrified of being accused of being a sellout by the people who exactly. elected him. And, you know, one thing Donald Trump has shown, you know, strangely through the transition is he does like to impress the person who's in front of him. He will now be surrounded by the establishment that he is vowing to blow up. It'll be interesting. And even the body language today with some of the leaders of the House and Senate, uh, the Obamas, 
what was pretty warm, I guess, if I could read body language. So we'll see how that continues to evolve. So, I mean, he's trying to play two games at once. Charlie, the yeah. compl- I think that's a really good point. And the complications or the, the challenges that it poses, I think he is very attuned to his base. A couple of things he said in the last couple of weeks. He said everybody will get health insurance. Everyone will be insured. Now, that's not Republican orthodoxy. That's Democratic orthodoxy. That's not Republican. You know, can he deliver on that? Going to Mark's earlier point. He also says that the government, Medicare, ought to negotiate drug prices. Well, I mean, Republicans have found that absolutely horrifying. That's government. He's already prices. doing that with the criticism well, he's making of far- big farmers. But if you go to Kentucky or West Virginia and you talk to that base who we always paint as some kind of right-wing religious nuts, they'll be for that too. So I think both of those will see how, it'll be interesting to see how the Paul Ryans of the world respond to that. And on foreign policy, which was barely mentioned today, that cloud of Russia is hanging over this administration from the very early days. He didn't speak to Russia at all. He didn't speak to any foreign policy other than the bleak reference that we have enriched other countries. I assume he was talking about China.